the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, horses free. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. Okay, for those of you who don't know about the show, the, the show's divided in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, that's avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. Now, the second part of the show, you might call it history, politics, religion, nostalgia, but tonight we're going to have one of our favorite guests on, Ed Bars, former head historian for the National Park Service, and he's going to be talking about one of the most politically incorrect figures in American history, Nathan Bedford Forrest. So we're going to enjoy that interview. But first, let's concentrate a little bit on estate planning. Beth, what you, you have a couple of questions tonight. Read the first one that you have. Okay. Hi, Mike. My mother recently moved into an assisted living facility. My sibling and I are now considering selling her house as the cost of upkeep is too much to maintain. My question to you is, can the proceeds of the sale be split among us, or are we required to create a new trust as the house is in an irrevocable trust? Thanks, Sean. I hate to bug out, but a lot of that question depends. First thing, what does the trust say? Does the trust say that the proceeds from the sale of the house go to the two of you? I would assume it does. And I assume also mom's agreeable or she has a power of attorney that she allowed to make gifts. If if she's not mentally competent, she did a power of attorney before that. So those are the first two questions. One of the problems with assisted living for good or bad, most of them do not take Medicaid, not 100% by any stretch. There are assisted livings that take Medicaid, but most assisted livings do not take Medicaid. So if mom runs out of money, they're going to throw her out of the assisted living. So before you start making any gifts, we have to calculate, do we have enough money otherwise to pay for mom's lifetime? But as, as far as the question is concerned, yes. As long as everybody agrees, you can do pretty much whatever you want with the trust. Of course, assuming mom purchased the house many years ago, we have to look at the capital gains ramifications. You know, how much did mom pay for the house? Did her husband, was his name on the deed? 
is he still alive? Things like that. So we have to take a look at the capital gains ramifications because we don't want to throw money away on capital gains. So the answer is yes, but there are a lot of what ifs. And the best thing if you want to do is come in and we'll go over the different what ifs, what you may have to pay in capital gains. Make sure we do have enough money for mom's lifetime as far as the assisted living. And and that's where some people make mistake, especially some clients, they think the, the the question they have is easy, but it's not always that easy because there's always a lot of what ifs and things that can happen and consequences. A lot of times something might be good for as far as avoiding probate, but maybe bad as far as capital gains taxes. I've seen people give away a million dollar house because they don't want the house to go to court to probate after they're gone. And then the kids have to pay two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in capital gains tax. That's not the best plan. A best plan looks at everything and tries to pay the least amount of taxes overall, whether it's estate taxes, probate fees or capital gains taxes. We want to get it out most efficiently to the family. Now, most of you know each week on the Kevin McCullough Show, usually Thursdays around 5.15, Kevin airs one of our questions where one of you guys in the audience emails a question and we answer it on Kevin McCullough Show. Kevin, take it away. Kevin McCullough, glad you're with us. Every week we promise you that uh, New York's best estate care and elder law attorney will answer one of your questions right here on the air, and he does. Mike Connors is his name. Mike, this week's question comes from ML. ML asks, I'd like to to know if you have to file a revocation of health care pro- uh, proxy or power of attorney in the county clerk's office or somewhere else, or are you just supposed to hang on to it? Thank you so much. Mike Connors, what's the answer? Okay, first, as far as the power of attorney is concerned, yes, it might not be a bad idea to file the revocation of power of attorney in the county clerk's office, because if you own real estate and you have a power of attorney that you haven't notified that they've been revoked as power of attorney, they might be able to sell your property. You file it with the county clerk's office, they can't do that. And that, in effect, is notice to the world that you revoke the power of attorney. Also, if you have any bank accounts and you give them the power of attorney to that bank, you may want to give them a revocation of the power of attorney. As far as the health care proxy is concerned, if you revoke the health care proxy, the first thing is take the revocation of the new health care proxy to your uh, treating physician, doctor, make sure he or she has it in her file. And if, you know, keep it. Keep it handy and let your agent know, whoever is your agent currently, what you've done and where your papers are. All right. Pretty simple. And, friends, if you've got a similar question or any question about estate care or elder law, uh, you need to uh, call Mike Connors. You can call the office at 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. You can also send him an email, askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com. And uh, be listening each Thursday as uh, Mike answers a question right here on Kevin McCullough Radio. But he also answers a lot more on his show, Ask the Lawyers, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570, The Mission, and Saturday evenings at uh, 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing the information with your listeners. If you want to email us, you can email us at askmikeconnors at gmail.com. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. It's all spelled out. So, Beth, I guess we have another uh, question floating around, don't we? Yes, we do. This one's from Charlie. My father's will says I was second in line to his estate and all property next to my stepmother. She has now just passed away. Do I have any rights or can she just overturn the will so her children receive everything? What can I do? Well, first thing is we need to take a look at the will. But I would be sorry to say that if the will just says I leave everything to my wife and if my wife passes before me, I leave it to my son 
you might be out of luck. On the other hand, if the will says, I leave everything in trust for my wife, and then after she's gone, I leave it to my son, you may, you are in luck. So it depends how the, the, the will is written. And a lot of people make that misunderstanding. They do a will and they say, I want to leave everything to my wife. and something happens to my wife, I want to leave it to my son. And they think the person you leave it to has an obligation to follow your wishes. No. Your will ends if you say, I leave everything to my spouse. Your will ends at that sentence if your spouse survives you. And all the what-ifs after that don't apply. Again, could you do a trust where you say, I leave it in trust for my wife for her lifetime, and then I leave it to my son? Could there have been a contract to do a will between husband and wife where they said, well, whatever happens between the two of us, half our net estate will go to my to the husband's children, half the net estate will go to my wife's children or whatever they decided on? Is that possible? Yes. But I would bet 90% of the time the will's going to say, I leave everything to my spouse, and then only if something happens to my spouse does it go to the son. I don't know. That's why you have to read the documents. And, that, you know, people ask me this question all the time or different types of questions. A lot of times you just got to read the document. You can't guess at what the document says because there are exceptions to every rule. Even if 90% of, uh, of the wills we have read the way I just said, that doesn't mean this will read that way. Plus, we don't know what assets might have been in trust. So you got to go back and you got to read and you got to check out the file. One of the things I would do if, if mom and dad owned a house or dad and your stepmom owned a house, go to, if they lived in New York City, go to Acris, find out what the deed says. Does the seized deed say trust or does it say mom's name alone? You got to check things out. There's no answer that I can give you unless I read the documents. All right, now we're going to be talking to one of our favorite guests, Ed Bars, and Ed's going to be at the Civil War Roundtable on September 12th, again at the 3 West Club Civil War Roundtable of New York. If you want reservations, call 718-341-9811, 718-341-9811. We need to know how many people are going to be there to set up properly, and as we sometimes find out, sometimes we get sold out. So if you don't call for a reservation, you may not be able to get in. So we're going to be listening to Ed Bars. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718 718- 6500 718-238-6500 or We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. 
You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Again, our next guest is one of our favorite guests over the years, the legendary Ed Bars, talking about one of the most politically incorrect figures in American history, Nathan Bedford Forrest. Nathan Bedford Forrest is a typical Scotch-Irishman. He is an aggressive soldier. He is a type of man that you want on your side. He enlisted at first, enlisted as a private. He is a very important person uh, in West Tennessee. Hardly does he enlist as a private that the Governor Harris of uh, Tennessee will commission him a colonel and give him the authority to raise what becomes the 7th Tennessee Cavalry. He will, uh, he will be arguably the mo- one of the most controversial soldiers in the Civil War, one of the best soldiers in the Civil War, if he's on your side. Personally, in battle, he will, this is in hand-to-hand confrontation, he will kill at least 30 men. He will even kill one of his officers that tries to assassinate him. And he kills you in a way you don't like to die. When you made a mistake and shot Forrest in the abdominal area, and it doesn't kill him. He has been cleaning his fingernails. He is left-handed. He grabs Lieutenant Gould by the stacking swivel, holds him, that would be by the... uh, the spare uh, cloth at his neck brings his knife to his teeth and with his left hand and will presume to uh, proceed to say, no man can kill me and live. And he will disembowel Lieutenant Gould. Then he will borrow a pistol as uh, on the, in the office he has on the corner in Columbia, Tennessee, and track the blood of Gould as Gould flees. Gould takes cover in a tailor shop. They lay him out of the tailor shop. Forrest tracks him to the tailor shop. 
Gruel sees him coming, gets a jumps off the tailor shop's bench, falls on the floor. Forrest comes up, kicks him. He's a, he's a person you don't deal with, sees the gruel is dying, and then goes back to his office. That is a typical Forrest uh, performance. At the Battle of Bryce, his most famous battle will be the Battle of Bryce's Crossroads. This will take place in northeast Mississippi in the, uh, at the end of the, at the beginning of the second week of uh, June 1864. A, a graduate of West Point, Samuel, Samuel Sturgis, is leading a powerful cavalry column. They will depart from Memphis and move into uh, eliminate Forrest. Now, Sherman has, will be quoted as saying that Forrest is such a man that he, uh, is, he, he will determine that he must, uh, this expedition must uh, make, put an end to Forrest. He uh, is going to tell Sturgis's orders were to be go out and engage Forrest and kill him because there will be no peace in West Tennessee until Forrest is dead. As I say, he personally will uh, uh, kill uh, in the military 30 people, including Lieutenant Gould, who is a Confederate. He'll have over 30 horses shot from under him. And in the, in the Battle of Bryce's Crossroads, he will engage this Union force with, a, with about 8,000 men of cavalrymen, including such uh, noted Union cavalrymen as Benjamin Grierson. And in the Bryce, Battle of Bryce's Crossroads, with a force of about 3,500 men, he will engage Sturgis's command. In the following battle, he will whomp Sturgis well. Sturgis retreats back to Memphis and is crossing the Hatchie River. He will say to his aides, if Forrest will leave me alone, I will just leave him alone. Uh, but uh, but uh, Forrest will pursue him. Now, he is a very successful cavalryman. Uh, he is a uh, person you do not want to deal with. Uh, he is also very controversial. Being, when he says, I say very controversial in the, because of the battle of, uh, because of a, Earlier, uh, earlier engagement he has prior to the Battle of Bryce's Crossroads, in which he engages a Union, in which he will attack Fort Pillow. Fort Pillow is a Union strong point located on the Tennessee River on a bluff just where Duck River flows into the Tennessee River. The garrison of, Duck, of uh, Fort Pillow is uh, somewhat controversial. Their garrison consists of a large number of Tennessee Tories. Tennessee Tories are residents of Tennessee who have cast their lot with the Union. The other part of the garrison is a, a strong detachment of uh, 
African-American uh, soldiers uh, that are holding, uh, are holding Fort Pillow. In, uh, on June, in, 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 at the, in, in, uh, the, the uh, garrison is fairly effective, particularly the uh, black uh, 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 regiment, uh, consisting of both cavalry, infantry, and artillery. Not as effective as the Tennessee, Tennessee uh, is the Tennessee uh, uh, Yankees, and the and the and the uh, it is a strongly garrison point. Forrest determines to attack uh, Fort Pillow and eliminate it, and uh, and he will attack Fort Pillow. Fort Pillow is. Uh, Supported by a Union gunboat on the river, uh, is in a very, in a relatively strong position. Now, first is a uh, person that believes that war means killing, war means fighting, and fighting means killing. So the ingredients for a uh, a very bloody uh, battle are present. Tennessee, Tennessee, uh, Union loyalists from Tennessee fighting for the Union and the black garrison. And Forrest uh, decides to move against them. As the fighting, uh, as the, uh, fighting begins, uh, Fort Pillow, the Union, the Confederates close in on Fort Pillow. Forrest is, uh, arrives there and is leading them. In the fighting, uh, he's going to call on the Union garrison commander to surrender. Or, as he always says, avoid the useless refusion of blood. The Union commander there is not overly bright. And uh, Forrest is going to be meeting with him. The, the uh, United States flag will be flying over the fort, and a Union gunboat is cast off and is moving to the fort. Earlier in the fighting for Fort Pillow, Forrest has had two horses shot from under him. Among the uh, 30 horses that he uh, uh, had shot from under him during the war, he's badly shaken up. And when he demands of the Union commander, are you going to surrender to avoid the uses of effusion of blood? And uh, the uh, Union officer seems uh, a little tongue-tied. Forrest is then going to say, make up your mind. Is it fight or surrender? The Union commander uh, is tongue-tied uh, and will make, and Forrest says, well, you mean you want to fight? Forrest says, and, and uh, the Union officer will uh, indicate he is willing to defend the ground. Forrest's forces will then attack Fort Pillow. And he's warned them, if we capture Fort Pillow, there will be no quarter. Fort Pillow is stormed by Forrest's men. They see the Union gunboat approaching, flying the United States flag. A number of the, the flag is still flying. A number of the garrison, including a number of the black troops, have abandoned the bluff 
on which Fort Pillow is located and has taken cover on the beach, bounding a Duck River. And in the fighting that uh, uh, takes place, a large number of the African Americans, the blacks, will be killed. This will then become a cause celeb. Uh, the the Union are employing black soldiers. They have been engaged by Forrest. A number of them, after the flag has been cut down, will uh, make no uh, indicating that they are throwing in the sponge. A number of Forrest men, Forrest Forrest has absented himself from the field. And with that so, that means that his men can probably do what they want. And they will uh, kill a rather uh, sizable number of, of uh, African-American soldiers who had been very good uh, soldiers. And it will come up to a cause celeb. And prior to the Battle of Bryce's Crossroads, as uh, Sturgis marches out, the uh, Black soldiers who have survived uh, garrisoning uh, Memphis will uh, put on badges, remember remember Fort Pillow. So there you have the ingredients in the Battle of Fort Pillow, in the Battle of Bryce's Crossroads, when when Forrest overwhelms Sturgis's command. Now, Sturgis is a kind of a weak like fellow. When they're retreating across the Hatchie River Swamp, some of his men have advised him, let's surrender. And uh, and Forrest says, and uh, Sturgis decides, no, we will continue to fight. As he continues to fight, he will fall back, uh, head toward Memphis. Forrest will pursue him all the way back to Memphis. And for and Sturgis's command, uh, he, Sturgis will be humiliated, heavy losses in his command. Uh, again, uh, you have the effect of uh, of, uh, of racial conflict being present. Now. It'll be investigated by the Congress, and there'll be a congressional investigation of the Fort Pillow Massacre. Now, there have been other massacres, as such as taken place. At the same time, there's been a battle out in uh, out in uh, uh, Western Arkansas at Poison Spring. At Poison Spring, there are a sizable number of blacks garrisoning uh, Fort uh, garrisoning uh, Poison Springs. Now, in the battle there, there will also be uh, a sizable number of blacks killed. But the commander of the Confederates there is a person no one has ever heard of. Uh, where Forrest is a figure that everybody knows. And the uh, so there will be no investigation, serious investigation of the, the Battle of Poison Springs. Also, we'll go to the Eastern Theater of War. There's going to be another battle much better known. This is follows up the, the explosion of the mine 
placed under Elliot's salient at the Battle of Petersburg. Now, the unit that is scheduled to spearhead the attack following the explosion of the mine at Fort, uh, Fort at the uh, at the Redan, the uh, the decision is made. We're going we uh, we're going to let a the Black Division spearhead the attack. Now Grant and Meade uh, become nervous. We're using a Black regiment, uh, a Black brigade, to spearhead the attack on Fort Pillow uh, on on the. Uh, at Petersburg following the explosion of the mine. The Union, the, uh, the blacks would have probably done fairly well there, but Grant and Meade uh, do not use them. They use white soldiers. I hate to say it, commanded by a New York lawyer <laughs> who is not a very good general. And uh, he will be given the job of storming Fort Fort Pillow. Uh, excuse me, uh, storming the crater, and uh, and he and at the crater, there will be uh, it will end up into serious racial conflict, and there will be a large number of both whites and blacks. Uh, killed at the crater. It is a uh, very bloody engagement. So there, so you have these uh, engagements. But of course, because of who Forrest is, he will merit an, a congressional investigation and the publishing of a report on the Fort Pillow massacre. Uh, so it represents something that is going on in the Civil War. Uh, led by a person who is a very effective soldier and is very successful. And uh, Forrest uh, is, uh, as, as a consequence, Forrest is uh, very controversial. So that is a brief over, uh, overview of Nathan Bedford Forrest. He had been born uh, in uh, on the uh, Duck. He'd been born in Tennessee, and at an early age, he had he had moved to North Mississippi, where he'd grown up in the area of Ripley, Mississippi. Uh, he had been a very and he had been both a planter before the Civil War and a slave dealer. So he's very uh, successful in uh, in those occupations. And uh, he will, of course, uh, become a, uh, a figure that's easily identifiable. As a fighting man, he is very, very effective. You would want him on your side. Ed, we need to take a short break. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, talking to Ed Barrs about Nathan Bedford Forrest. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area 
tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors and Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, August 21st at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 Third Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Then in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Wednesday, August 22nd at Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And finally at the Grand Prospect Hall, 263 Prospect Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn on Thursday, August August 23rd at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors and Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors and Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan. Plan now for later. Welcome back to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We're talking to Ed Bars about Nathan Bedford Forrest. Any questions in between? Well, what about after? What what did Nathan Bedford Forrest do after the Civil War? All right. First, uh, after the Civil War, the uh, number of uh, uh, Reconstruction has begun, and a number of college students are living in West Tennessee. Okay. They will meet there, and they're going to form a organization known as the Ku Klux Klan. They'll use secret passwords. Forrest will become a leading player in the Ku Klux Klan in the years. Uh, it was actually, the town where they formed the Ku Klux Klan is Pulaski, Tennessee. And Forrest will become an important player in the uh, Ku Klux Klan. Uh, this will be a organization, if you want to say a terror organization, which will work to reduce the uh, uh, to uh, 
to take action covered by those are described as Union adventurers who rode south with all their gear packed in a a carpet bag and ceased to uh, interfere in Reconstruction. They naturally, the carpet baggers, are are Republicans. They're working to increase the black vote, so uh, that they will also, so they will become targets uh, along with the blacks uh, for for us. Then you have another bunch of people down south, and these were the Scalawags. Now the Union garrison at Fort Pillow was made up of people who would be called Scalawags. Those are Southerners who uh, embrace and fight on the side of the the North. Now, the Scalawags, so there you have a a war in West Tennessee, spreading to other parts of the South, in which you have a group of, of Southerners who support Reconstruction, and uh, they will be uh, uh, viewed as uh, victims of the Ku Klux Klan. There will be an investigation of the Ku Klux Klan. There will be uh, repression laws passed against them uh, to to, uh, uh, support the uh, Union garrisons in the South. So it becomes a... uh, a successful uh, Confederate soldier uh, who uh, makes a transition and uh, becomes uh, very much associated with uh, with the opposition to Reconstruction. There are other states just as bad. Now, I would I would argue, and I'll have other people getting me angry. Uh, in uh, in Georgia, uh, there's a good guy uh, who is much more effective, and that would be the former Confederate officer John Brown Gordon. So Gordon does it, but he, he stays it a little bit more within. Uh, within uh, the the law than Forrest. Gordon will be much more effective in suppressing the the black vote and the activity of the Scalawags than Forrest would. Do you think, giving all the history of Nathan Bedford Forrest, when there are statues erected to Nathan Bedford Forrest, should they stay or go? All right. The uh, first, uh, it becomes... uh, Forrest uh, is very popular with the uh, uh, with one group of the whites who oppose Reconstruction. When he find, he'll die probably of cancer of the stomach. This man who would be physically strongest, he is a physically powerful man, and he becomes uh, very formidable uh, in politics. And when he dies, uh, he'll have the biggest funeral that will take place in Memphis for many, many years. He will be then, uh, then in recent, uh, uh, as you get near the end of Reconstruction in the South, uh, the people in Memphis, uh, the uh, uh, the people who opposed Reconstruction in Memphis, will decide they're going to establish Forest Park. 
in Memphis, about eight or nine blocks from the downtown Memphis. And Forrest and his wife are buried in Forest Park. Now, the first uh, effort to try and uh, remove Forrest and his wife. Now, they have a problem there. There are two people in the same grave. The first time, the first time there is a movement uh, to uh, remove Forrest uh, from being buried in Forest Park in downtown Memphis would be in the period in the, 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 those long, hot summers they had when I was living down in Mississippi in the period between 1962 and about 1966. But nothing came of it. Now, following up on the... Uh, the, uh, the, the particularly following up on the disturbance in Charlottesville, the people who uh, are not enthused with uh, Confederate heroes and such uh, will again uh, become, uh, become interested in uh, removing Forrest and his wife from Forest Park, but also any symbols of uh, of Confederate leadership, they are uh, agitating uh, for the removal. Uh, so uh, it has surfaced again, uh, particularly following the riot in uh, in Charlottesville. All right. Well, any other questions? No. Do you have any opinion in general about Confederate monuments, more specifically Bedford Forest, Nathan Bedford Forest? All right. Uh, on monuments, I on changing names. I always, I've used this before in discussions with me. If I lived, if I was born in Tsarist Russia in 1915, what, and what would that city be I was born in? St. Petersburg. When Kerensky and the modern socialists take over, the governor of Russia, what do they change the name of uh, St. Petersburg to? Petrograd. I get a little confused. I was born in St. Petersburg. Now I'm living in Petrograd. Now when the Bolsheviks following bloody that bloody day in October take over, what does Petrograd become? It becomes Leningrad. What happens to Leningrad after the Soviets uh, in the 1990s uh, become really relatively good guys? In the United States, what do they do? They're now living in St. Petersburg again. I would be a little confused if I was doing that uh, because you have uh, these swings of, uh, of decision that ch- dictate changing names. Now, the town known as Sverdlovsk was, was Stalingrad. What is Stalingrad when Stalin uh, is no longer a popular figure? There's it's back to it's uh, it, excuse me it was uh, it, it was known as Zaritsyn uh, and uh, it became Stalingrad when Stalin uh, becomes a big shot in uh, international communism and when he when he falls from power what is it it's Zaritsyn again now when they execute the Tsar whether they, they execute him they execute him in Ekaterinburg. What do they name it when the, when the czar and his family get rehabilitated? It then becomes 
Sverdlovsk, which had been before, but it is now becoming Katzenberg after being Sverdlovsk, S-V-E-R-D-L-O-S-K, for some 30 years. So I think uh, uh, you, uh, I'm not a great uh, 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 fan of uh, so-called political correctness. Ed, that was better said than I've ever heard anybody make that argument. Thank you for uh, for doing so. You, uh, uh, so. So you know that I uh, I'm I'm not politically correct. Yeah, we gathered that, but God bless you for it. It's always a pleasure. I had a I just did a came off a. Uh, a three D three D day tour at uh, at Fredericksburg, and which we did with that wonderful uh, uh, Marty Gain tour leader, uh, tour, tour uh, that organizes tours, and that wonderful uh, 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 Frank O'Reilly, who knows everything about Petersburg. So he and I had 40, uh, 50 people for three days. We did Peters. We did. Fredericksburg one day, we did Chancellorsville one day, and yesterday we finished up with the Battle of the Wilderness. So it was a very, uh, we, it was a very, uh, we, the, the group was very enthusiastic, and uh, and without bragging, they couldn't get any better two tour leaders uh, than myself and Frank O'Reilly. Yeah. Frank knows more than I do about uh uh, about Petersburg, uh, Petersburg, uh, as Chancellorsville, and the wilderness. We ended up, of course, with the wilderness, where where Grant makes the decision, as you know, when he comes to that in, intersection of the road of the Orange Plank Road and the Brock Road. Every general before him, when he came to that intersection, turned back. So the Union troops who are going to have to do the fighting and die cheer when Grant doesn't turn back. And as we know, when Grant doesn't turn back, it's going to be a bloody road, but it's going to end up in Appomattox Courthouse with a meeting of General Grant and General Lee on the ninth day of April, in which, in my opinion, The greatness of the two men is underscored because of the general terms that General Grant gave General Lee. Because if the Confederates signed their paroles not to uh, 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 honor their paroles and honor, go home and obey the law, uh, Grant says, they will not be interfered with. And I would say that's probably the greatest moment of both Lee and Grant having. As always, thank you, Ed Bars, for bringing history to life on Connors Corner. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike 
Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Is God calling you to be a healer, to helping people live holier and healthier lives? The Institute for the Psychological Sciences, our educational model, combines modern psychology with a Catholic understanding of the human person. Could a graduate degree from IPS be the next step in your spiritual and professional journey? Learn more. Visit www.healourculture.com today. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. In 1948, the UN published the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, stating that, quote, everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. And it also states, everyone has the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. Isn't it time for nations to pay attention to these statements when they craft their policies on abortion? This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Again, if you want to hear Ed Bars, September 12th, 3 West Club, 3 West 51st Street. Call for reservations at 718-341-9811. Now, earlier we mentioned about our email questions. So, Chris Cordani out there, what what's our email address for uh, those questions? You can ask a question to Mike by sending us an email at askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Askmikeconnors at gmail.com. The Ask Mike Connors is all one word. Again, sometimes we have conversations about Facebook and, you know, the Connors and Sullivan website and, you know, Ask the Lawyer website. So how do people get tracked into those and why should they? A lot of reasons. But first, let's tell you where they are. On Facebook, we're there. We're Ask the Lawyer. Mike uh, Mike Connors, or Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Easy to find, all spelled out for you. You can find out what's going on with the show, Connors and Sullivan, and of course, uh, what you're doing out and about in the community, as well as some of our most recent interviews on the YouTube channel. And our YouTube channel would be Ask the Lawyer Connors Corner Conversations. That's Ask the Lawyer Connors Corner Conversations. You can just go to YouTube, Connors Corners, or an easy search. We have a lot of our, of your past classic interviews, some with Ed Bars. We have a couple with other historians, Jamie Farr. Orson Bean, a lot of the classics, and some recent stuff, like the ones with uh, Davy Johnson and a couple with Ron Hunt. Okay, what about Ron Swoboda? Did he get up yet? We do have Ron Swoboda. Ron Swoboda is there. Okay, all right. And another Ron Chernow. Well, that, that was a special one, Beth. Remember the uh, Civil War Roundtable, May 14th? That was a very special Q&A. Oh, that was and great. He, it was great. And he doesn't do a lot of interviews either, does, uh, does Ron? Not at all, no. He doesn't, he doesn't like to speak. Um, in public, I don't think that much. So, um, so Mike, you, you were 
asking him questions back and forth. It had just, just a week before General Petraeus has been had been interviewing him. So it was just so much fun. It was great. And, and let's let's point this out. It's rare. It's very rare to hear Rob Chernow speak. And he did take about twenty twenty five minutes with uh, Mike Connors and and did the Q and A at the Civil War Roundtable. And Mike was nice enough to put it on the program. It's now on the YouTube channel and available for all of you to listen to. Hooray. And speaking about the Civil War Roundtable, obviously we said an awful lot about Ed Bars, but you know we have another frequent guest to the show who's going to be on there October 10th, Jack Davis. Back when the History Channel used to do shows about the Civil War, Jack Davis was on the channel every week. And he's really, you know, he's those of you remember, he's been on the show more than a few times, and he always has something insightful to say about the Civil War. So Jack Davis is coming up October 10th. 2018 at the 3 West Club, 3 West 51st Street. And we're going to be talking to Jack or at least having him on the air again before that show comes up. Now, if you're interested in finding more about estate planning and elder law, remember, we do do seminars. And this week or the up this upcoming weeks, we're going to be in Brooklyn doing our seminars. Tuesday, August 21st, we're going to be at Vesuvio's in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, our hometown at 11, 3 and 7. That's at 7305 Third Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Sheepshead Bay, Buckley's, on Wednesday, August 22nd at 11, 3, and 7 p.m. That's 2925 Avenue S, Avenue S and Nostrand Avenue. And then we're going to be at the Grand Prospect Hall on Thursday, August 23rd at 3 o'clock and 7 p.m. That's at 253 Prospect Avenue. That's close to Fifth Avenue. So if you want to learn something about estate planning and elder law, come to the seminars. We usually hang around. We'll answer all your questions, whether it's from the floor or if you'd rather ask the question from semi-private, we'll break off. You know, here's the, the one thing I always say as far as estate planning and elder law. There's no one right answer for everybody, but there is a wrong answer for everybody, and that's to do nothing. So if you want to go to one of our seminars, give us a call at our Bay Ridge office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We want to get the place set up right. We, you know, usually very rarely do we sell out. Occasionally that has happened. So to avoid that, give us a call at 718-238-6500. I think I'm here in uh, David Kincaid out there and I think it's time to go home for this week. Oh, bye-bye everybody. Heads bowed down, we're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down, we're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Ask the lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors and Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors and Sullivan's free seminars on Tuesday, August 21st at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 Third Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Wednesday, August 22nd at Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Finally, at the Grand Prospect Hall, 263. 
Prospect Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn, on Thursday, August 23rd at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors & Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.